Take your Bible just for a minute. I want to give you a couple things here out of Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. I want to give you some things on uh, uh, something called fact, faith, and feeling. Fact, faith, and feeling. But Acts chapter 8, verse 26, the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had to come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. So you see what's going on. You've got this Ethiopian. It's a black man here, and he's sitting in the chariot. All right, He's an important fellow. He's a eunuch. Uh, he's under uh, Candace, the queen of, queen of Ethiopia there. And he's sitting in the chariot. There's a black man reading the book of Isaiah. Isn't that wild? This is Acts chapter 8. Verse 29, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understand thou what thou readest. Now here's a, here's a practical thing. We mentioned, I think, Wednesday or Sunday. If the Lord told you to walk up to a black man in this town that was reading the Bible, would you have the gumption to walk up to that colored fellow and ask him if he's understood what he read? Ain't that nuts? <laughs> Our society, we just ignore it. We leave everybody alone. You know, I don't want to bother you, no. <laughs> Why? Because we're the, we're the self-love generation. We're in love with ourselves. We've got our own agenda. All right, look at verse 31. That Ethiopian eunuch, he says, How can I accept some man should guide me? That tells me a lot about that uh, Ethiopian eunuch. That Ethiopian eunuch, he was, uh, he was a top dog in Ethiopia there under Queen Candace, but he recognized that he needed something. And in this day and age, uh, the latest in church period, uh, most Christians don't even realize they mean anything. They say, I'm rich and I have need of nothing. But that lost man, he says, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb dumb before a shear, so open he not his mouth. He's in Act, or Isaiah 53 is where he's at. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Talking about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Man, what a great question. You know what he's saying? Who is this talking about? Is this, he said, is this talking about Isaiah or is this talking about some other man? That's like someone coming up to you and saying, could you show me how to be saved? <laughs> right? Then Philip opened his mouth and began with the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. That's a great verse. You know what you ought to preach to this world? Jesus. So I'm going to ask you a question of the hope that lieth within you. Get a chance. Talk to him about Jesus. Preach to him Jesus. Look at verse 36. As they went on their way, they came unto certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Now here's a great question. Here's a whole great question about where baptism fits in your a Christian life. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. So you believe in your heart about Jesus Christ before you get dipped. You see that? Right in Acts chapter 8. That's the perfect order. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. What a great verse of Scripture there. 
Uh, and by the way, all your new Bibles mess with that. They take it out. They footnote it. And if you've got a Bible that takes it out, you need to get rid of that Bible. Amen. Verse 39, I'm sorry, uh, verse 38, And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Ain't that something? A fellow gets saved, and he immediately gets baptized. And a lot of our brethren, they'll push for that these days, and I'm okay with that. But here's the thing. Uh, You don't live in Acts chapter 8 days, and you live, uh, what, 2,000 and at least 2,000 years from that point. I think this is probably about, uh, what, A.D. 35, uh, Usher says. I think Adams puts it at uh, A.D. 30 or something like that. But here's the point. How long before someone should get baptized? Well, let the Lord tell them. Encourage them to be baptized. Uh, again, you could, uh, you could be, uh, uh, well, you've got to be baptized. You've got to be baptized. Oh, okay, well, uh, if you've got a preacher that's preaching the word, don't you think the Holy Spirit can tell them that? I'm just saying, I've seen it over the years, and I'm sure you have two people get saved, come to church, and the moment they get baptized, you, the whole church, or the FBI can't find them after that. You see what I mean? It's better just to let the Lord do that thing. And we've seen it in here. Some people have taken uh, a month. Some people have taken a year. And it doesn't matter. Why? It doesn't have to do with your salvation. It has to do with a clear conscience towards God. Amen? All right, now, to be a complete Christian, and don't you want to be a complete Christian? I do. To be a complete Christian, you ought to have the facts. The facts. Uh, Facts, you ought to have the faith, and you ought to have the feeling. So talk about fact for a minute. Fact is the root of salvation, not feeling. You know what you're saved by? You're saved by fact. You're not saved by feeling. Feeling is good. Don't you like to feel good? All right, tough crowd this morning. I think James Brown sang a song about feeling good. Anyways, anyways, but people in America, they're always going by what? Feeling, feeling. I feel good today. I'm not coming to work because I don't feel good. I'm not coming to church because I don't feel good. Man, if I didn't come to church because I didn't feel good, I probably wouldn't come most of the time. You say, you're just saying that. No, I'm being serious. I woke up this morning. You know what I said in my heart? This would be a great day not to come to church. You say, that's how I'm spiritual. No, I'm just being honest with you. I mean, I look out, it's beautiful out. Nice, cool autumn breeze going through there. I can think of a million things to do today. But you know where God wants me? He wants me in church. All right, but people in America are always going by feeling, and it's good to have feeling, but feeling is not the root of salvation. I think you understand that. But here's, the, here's what you have to understand. If your root is a feeling, then you're going to be uprooted every other day. You see that? And I want to take just a a little bit of time probably next Sunday and talk about fact, faith, and feeling. Because like we said, when we're going through about telling others about Jesus Christ, some people when they get saved, they have a tremendous emotional feeling, and some people don't. Some people don't even remember the exact day, but they know they got saved. And you and I are saved. Of course, we're saved by grace through faith. But what saves us is the fact of the Scriptures, and it's not your feeling. So if you're Depending on feeling to save you, you're going to be uprooted every single day. And it's, uh, it's, it has to be rooted in fact. And uh, if you're hinged on feeling, you're going to be like a yo-yo. You're going to be up one day and down the next. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Right, ladies? You know what I'm talking about? Good days, bad days. All right. Sometimes you're just what? Well, sometimes you're just out walking the dog. And the Christian life is not always a, a feel-good life. 
Sometimes uh, the Christian life, I've said this before, is like 1 Chronicles 1 through 10. Part of the Christian life is ask some of these individuals that have worked 30 and 40 years and been able to retire. A lot of the Christian life is just getting your tail out of bed and going to work. He said, that's the, that's the Christian life, doing what God wants you to do. And uh, the Christian life is not always shouting, you know, amen, running the bases and everything good happens. A lot of times the Christian life is just raising babies. A lot of the Christian life is just being a husband, just being a wife, just being a family unit. And uh, you say, what is that? That's fact. And so we're just saying as we start this thing on fact, faith, and feeling, you've got to make sure that your Christianity is rooted in fact or you'll be uprooted every other day. We'll stop there and pick this thing up and try to finish it next week.